Welcome to the Eat This, Not That podcast. I'm John Hammond, and this is Megan Murphy. Hi, everyone. And in this episode, we are going to uncover some secrets on something that probably seems all too easy. But believe it or not, I myself could use some help with chicken. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> yep, all about chicken today. Gotta love it. I mean, we a lot of us add chicken to our weekly rotation if we're cooking at home or eating out. And, you know, it's high in protein. It's Mm -hmm. usually slim when you do it correctly, but chicken can get really boring pretty fast. So I don't know if maybe you use the same old spices or recipes all the time and chicken doesn't excite you anymore, but we want to help you get out of that chicken rut. Yeah, I think, uh, look, it it happens to all of us. It happened to me like literally last week. You just, let's face it, even the most seasoned chefs are going to get plagued by, you know, dry, tasteless meat. And you, ha- you don't have to double down on your kitchen skills to cook poultry perfectly. You know, we've go ahead and, and pulled some of the common mistakes together that, that we make when cooking chicken. Myself, I, I pretty much make all of these, which is, <laughs> yeah. explains a lot when, I, when chicken hits the dinner table at my house. This was incredibly eye-opening because it's, I think so many of these, obviously, they apply to me because they apply to most of us, I, I would imagine. And it's because chicken's just easy. It's easy. You well, people it's think easy. it's easy That's and it. they don't right? overthink about it. Right. And the worst, the worst is when you try a new recipe for chicken and you're super excited for like juicy, tasty results and the outcome Tough, is totally dry. far from it. You're like, no, it's I chicken. Blame, How did I mess up chicken? I blame chicken? the chicken breast. Like yeah. we'll, we'll be eating, we'll be eating chicken breasts and Natalie will be like, oh, this is, why is this so tough? I'm like, I don't know, it must have been bad chicken Bad chicken, chicken. Like, totally bad chicken. It must have been that. It certainly wasn't anything I did or yeah. did not do. It's <laughs> just the, it's, it's the meat's fault. Speaking of the meat, all right, let's kick off this list. We're going to dive right in. We're going to save your dinner, and you're going to have the best chicken you've ever had. So first off, whenever possible, buy high-quality meat. I mean, Not that tough chicken know. that I buy. Not, that, buy that, not that bad chicken that John gets. But we all know that any dish is only as good as its ingredients. So if you, you start off with factory-farmed frozen chicken, odds are your meal probably won't taste great. It's going to be dry and mm-hmm. not have a ton of flavor. So instead, go for organic free-range and locally produced chicken out of a fridge, not a freezer, it's more likely to retain that moisture, be packed with flavor, and then you don't even have to blame the bird, know. you know? Well, shame on the bird. <laughs> and here's one that I do all the time, and and I imagine that a lot of us who, who are trying to be health conscious make this same, uh, I guess, mistake. Don't buy skinless meat. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, debone, deskin chicken, it seems a lot easier to cook. But when it comes to chicken, discarding the bones and the skin is a lot like tossing the, the, the baby, i.e. the flavor, out with the bathwater, right? If you're concerned about the fat content of chicken skin, don't fret. Experts at the Harvard School of Public Health maintain that these fats are the healthy, unsaturated kind. What's more, because leaving the skin on helps the chicken retain moisture and flavor, you're less likely to reach for the other, perhaps less healthy types of flavorings mayonnaise and sauces and those kinds of things that were, yeah, because that's what happens in my house when there's dry, tough chicken, out comes the mayonnaise or barbecue sauce and it's because you've got to make it palatable. Right. And some people buy it skinless too, not just for the nutrition, but because it's easier. They don't have to take that step. But, you know, just buy it with the skin and let it cook, let it do its thing and then just take take the the skin skin off. off. Exactly. I guess that's my, that's what I was missing here is, is the skin actually helps it retain the moisture Mm -hmm. and, so I'm, 
again, I, I buy it because of convenience and also because I'm, I'm worried about the fat in the skin, but I don't need to be that worried about the, the fat. And also you could just take the skin off, like right. have it on there for cooking to, to keep it moist and tender. I, I give a little to the dog, so I'm sure yeah, Wrigley well, would like it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he gets everything. So another thing, don't just buy chicken breasts. I mean, mm, chicken breasts, they're... This is another one I do. Exactly. They're super easy. I think that's people's go-to, and they mm-hmm. think chicken usually. They're easy to find. They're cost-effective. They're easy to cook, and they're one of the healthiest ways to eat chicken. But when you limit yourself... Every single time you get chicken breast, you're going to really miss out on a lot of delicious birds. So experiment with thighs and wings, for example. You might find yourself liking chicken a lot more. Just just get a little variety in there. One caveat, if you do try different cuts of meat, don't assume all are created equal because cooking strategies vary depending on the type of chicken and the cut you're using. So of course, just do your research before right. firing and up the grill. I guess I, I started to realize this. We were talking about like slow cookers or something like that and how chicken doesn't work really well in, in a slow cooker because it gets it gets dried out. And you were talking about chicken thighs, though, mm-hmm. is something that works really well. And I always use chicken breasts. And it, so it explains so much. Like when I was doing chicken cacciatore or something like that, I always use skinless breasts. Yeah. And no, it's not kind the best. of dry. You would think that best. if it's sitting in moisture for all those hours. Same. Yep. But it, it does manage to get dry in there. And if I do use chicken breasts, I usually do a mix. I'll throw them in a little later. Like maybe mm. if I'm on the four-hour setting, like an hour or two left. That's and good tip. That's good, that's good power, tip. Power tip right there. Thank you. <laughs> and look, I, I, know, I know we have said this one before, but it certainly bears repeating. Do not wash or rinse your chicken. Rinsing off chicken prior to cooking seems like a good way to improve the hygiene, but food safety rules maintain that this actually makes contamination more likely to occur. The process of washing your chicken just spreads potentially harmful bacteria onto the, onto your sink, the countertops, the sponge that you have like attached uh, to the side of your sink gross. that you're just going to wash everything else with is now contaminated. So it, it doesn't, it, washing it would, it doesn't serve any real benefit at all. So skip the chicken bath and just move on. Just, just cook the bird. Just cook the bird. Well, before you cook the bird, even if you're not rinsing it, make sure you dry your chicken. So here's something else I don't do. Okay. I do this only because I learned, but it may sound counterintuitive because nobody likes to eat dry meat, but that lovely brown crisp on the outside is ideal when it comes to texture. And that's achievable when you start with a really dry bird. For the best results, allow the meat to air dry outside of any packaging for a few hours in the fridge, then remove it and pat it real dry with paper towels before you cook it. Mm -hmm. And I, so my go-to rotisserie chicken, uh, it's a Thomas Keller recipe, and he's obviously one of the the world's most acclaimed chefs, and it's super simple, it's just salt, pepper, and it comes out perfect and the key is to get it so so dry with the paper towel so ever since i learned that a few years ago it's kind of my go-to well and he probably doesn't buy those tough chickens that i buy. No, he is the best chickens probably in the world (laughs) okay we're going to take a quick break from all this chicken talk to talk about butcher box what's butcher box well butcher box delivers healthy 100 grass-fed and grass-finished beef free-range organic chicken and heritage breed pork the incredible quality of ButcherBox meats starts with their commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones, and that's really important. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual size meals, let's say. You can choose from five different types of boxes, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, or a custom box, which lets you choose your own cuts of meats. And you get to choose from curated boxes, including a mix of high-quality beef, chicken, and pork, or 
As I said, you can customize your own box. The best part is that the meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging, and all the meat is delivered right to your doorstep. It doesn't get easier than that. But here's something that gets even better with ButcherBox. This month, ButcherBox is offering the ultimate breakfast bundle. This includes two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage, all free in your first box. The bacon is some of the best bacon you've ever had, trust me. It's Whole30 approved, uncured, nitrate and sugar free. The sausage is a healthy, authentic version of a classic style pork sausage, simply seasoned with salt, pepper and sage. Super delicious. Right now, new members will get two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage added to your first box for free. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box. So you, you'll definitely want to order this now while the supplies last, as this is a limited time offer. Get the Ultimate Breakfast Bundle. That's two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage for free in your first box, plus the $20 off your first box by going to butcherbox.com slash eat this and enter the promo code eat this at checkout. Again, butcherbox.com slash eat this and enter promo code eat this. Now, when it comes time to make a hire for your small business, naturally, you want to find the best person for the job. Odds are that person is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard skills and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their career, so LinkedIn understands what they're interested in and looking for, which means when you use LinkedIn Jobs to hire someone, your matches are based on so much more than a resume. Your LinkedIn Jobs matches are based on skills and background, sure, but also interests, activities, and passions. Matching lets you quickly get a group of the most relevant, qualified candidates for your role. That way, you can focus on the candidates you want to spend time talking to and make a quality hire you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash eat this and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash eat this. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash eat this and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash eat this. Here's another forehead slap moment for me. Tenderize your meat. Again, something I don't do with, I don't with, do my, with my skinless, tough chicken breasts. And look, we all know it's critical to tenderize steak before cooking it, but fewer yeah. people actually realize that it's just as important to pound out the chicken breasts before tossing them into a pan. Pounding the chicken is good for several reasons, of course. It helps tenderize the meat. It reduces the cooking time, which can minimize the risk of overcooking, therefore dry chicken. And it makes it easier to achieve an even cook. And, and you know, it's like the chicken breast is like two inches thick at one end and like oh, half and an inch at the other. Dry so little pointy one, end. One yeah. third of the chicken <laughs> breast is just useless. Like totally. just throw it to the dog, I guess. It's yeah. the only one who, who would eat it. For, for, for the best results... Make sure that the breasts are an even thickness throughout, mm -hmm. and that way you're going to get more even cooking. Uh, and, you know, if you, I guess you aim for, what, like half an inch thickness uh, across the board. And, look, if you're not in the mood for, for you know, pounding and tenderizing the meat, then just butterfly it. Just, just literally slice, slice it, it. Slice it even. 
Um, but it's something I, that I was not doing before this, by the way. Do it. I grew up uh, making chicken cutlets with my mom, and she's mm. always pounding out. I mean, it's a good way to get rid of stress at the right? end of the day, too. Just take it out on the oh, chicken. Take it out Jeez. on the bird. <laughs> Another thing that's easy to miss, especially we're all in a hurry or we're starving when you get home from work, don't go right from the fridge to the oven. It's a good idea to let the meat sit out of the fridge for at least 15 minutes or so before cooking it. This helps to ensure that the inside and the outside of the meat is generally the same temperature, which increases the chances that the chicken will cook evenly. So even dimensions, even thickness, Mm -hmm. and even even temperature is paramount. And all takes 15 minutes. And people leave it out like for a day. I'm going to cook this. I'm going to take it out so it's room, you know, room yeah. temperature. No, you don't want, you don't no want. then you're getting bacteria. That's, That's disgusting. Right. So you, just 15 minutes is all it takes. Yeah, it's like, all it let takes. it let it warm up a little bit and even out, and then and then pound the heck out of it and put it in the oven. <laughs> and when it comes to you know getting it out of the oven, check the temperature again. This is something that we've talked about before. Yes, get a meat thermometer. That's you need it. one. And get a digital one. It's super simple. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of recipes will will tell you the approximate time for cooking chicken dishes. So you just assume that the you know time is the most important factor and okay, well if this is 30 minutes, then 30 minutes and we're done here. But in reality, temperature trumps time any day of the week. A meat thermometer is the only tool that can give you the true confidence that the meat is fully cooked and chicken should be cooked to 165 degrees. To test it, just jab the thing in there and if it's a digital it'll just watch it read up and give it a minute because it, it like sometimes there's a slow build there yep. but you can like i i can kind of judge like by the rate at which it's climbing if yeah. it's going to get there or not so that way i'll put it back in the oven for five more minutes and then check it again and then five more minutes because you know don't make the mistake of putting oh 20 more minutes should do it and then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, there you, you go forget 165 you're at 225 <laughs> and you know you're blaming tough chicken yeah uh, don't ignore the brine. This is something I very rarely do too, but you should because people are obsessed with brining their chickens. I've and never brined a chicken I know, in my life. I know. Just, I, I mean, at one point we've all overcooked a chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure it's <laughs> at fully At one point cooked. this week. <laughs> at one point, yeah, within the last few hours. I'm such a freak about chicken too. Like if I, I like analyze, if I see the littlest bit pink, I freak see? out, you yeah. know, and I throw it back in. But we end up cooking it too long, and that's where really brining it can save the day. Basically, what you do is you soak your chicken in a blend of herbs, spices, sugar, water, and salt for a couple hours in order to create a perfect amount of moisture inside the meat. It kind of penetrates. It soaks it in, right? It soaks it in, yeah. It prevents overcooking, and it significantly enhances the flavor, too. Plus, it can be super simple. Derek Wolf, who is a fire cooking enthusiast and owner of the website over the fire cooking tells us that his favorite brine is simply Morton's coarse kosher salt, thyme, black pepper, sugar, and water. I That's do, it. I could do that. You could do that. I don't know. I thought it was so much harder. I was like, <laughs> brine, I don't know what brine Just is. one more like, step. We, we're all busy, but like, these are simple steps that are going to make a big difference in your meal. Yeah. Now here's, here's one it's talking about open fire and grills. This is one that I've actually come to terms with recently. It makes all the difference in the world, especially on the grill. When grilling chicken, let it lie and don't worry about flipping it too soon. I, for one, thought, you know, okay, four minutes and then it's got to flip in, in four minutes. <laughs> I get excited to right? flip too. And then you're yeah. just like <laughs> watching the meat shred on the, <laughs> on the grill grates. Um, it's, so that doesn't work. Make sure the grill grates are nice and clean first, of course. You want to start with that. And then when cooking chicken, make sure that the residue from the previous cooking session is cleaned off because you don't want that on there, like all those torn up breasts from my last cooking exper- experiment. So the, the, the key part here, though, is to be patient and wait for the chicken to naturally release from the grates. Just with the tongs, like give it a little tug. If it doesn't go, then let it let lie, it, right? Let it go. When, when you first place the meat on the grill, it will stick from the heat. But after a while, 
while, it will slowly create the, uh, that outside crusted layer, it'll caramelize almost. And on a clean grate, it'll be super easy to just lift it up and turn it over. So you got to just be patient. Be patient. Be patient. I don't, you know what it is? It's, and it, it kind of gets to that tip earlier. I, I don't watch the clock anymore. I don't worry about that. I kind of ballpark, like if I'm baking in the oven, I kind of have a ballpark yeah. of, of what it's going to be. So I'll check it after a certain time. And, and again, like if it's, if it's not the temp, then it goes back in for a few more minutes. Same thing with, with the grill. Like I, I don't watch the clock. I put it down. I put the lid down to kind of keep that heat in there. And then after a few minutes, like I'll give it a look and give it the, the flip test. And if it, if it, if it's ready to turn over, then it's ready to turn over. If it's not ready to turn over, I'm not going to force it. Of course. And it's all about trial and error with your home oven, your home grill, you know, the, the yeah. products you're using. A lot just of error be, in my house. A lot of a lot error. A lot of error. Before you get it right. But when you get it off the grill or out of the oven, this is an error that nobody should be making. You have to let it rest. Yes. It's a mistake that's often made, you know, go to that 165, that per perfect temperature, and you dig right in. But if it's one thing that all chefs can agree on, it's super important to let the chicken rest a bit before you eat it. This allows the juices to redistribute throughout the meat, which creates a much better and tastier eating experience. Just tent the chicken with some foil and let it rest for about 15 minutes before eating. It'll, it'll stay warm under the foil, too. See, I only think about uh, letting... A steak, steak re like, rest, or, yeah. or, or, Red or meat. like pork roast, something, something like that. I think about letting rest. I don't think about chicken. To, to your point, like I, I take it out of the oven, and normally I've screwed up the timing on everything else anyway. So everything else is ready. So I'm just like, oh my god, get it on the yeah. plate before everything else gets cold. And it's and that probably accounts for some of the dryness, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it it doesn't have time to settle and redistribute those juices and and kind of cool down a little bit. So I it's don't not know. the bird; it's you, John. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's, <laughs> all right. So, so so to all the chickens whom I have blamed in the past. <laughs> May I offer my sincerest apologies? I have I have slandered you. I have belittled you. I have made you the foil for my my shortcomings in the kitchen, and and I, I won't do it anymore. Okay, I, I, I'll no longer blame. Uh, well, I, there's a good chance I'll, I will blame a chicken again because I don't I don't want to take the blame. Especially after this episode, I have no reason no to take reason. the blame anymore because I have no reason to keep tearing up my chicken and disappointing my, my family at dinner time. And look, I know that the chicken is probably not the most exciting dinner topic, but maybe it's because we don't nail the basics and we come up with these subpar dry yeah. dinners that, you know, because we think they're too easy and we just don't pay enough attention and a little bit will go a long way. And now I know, right? We all know. I, think, I, think, I, I hope we are all better for this episode. I actually am excited. I'm excited to cook chicken next because I'm going to try, I'm going to brine it. Nice. I'm gonna pound it out. I'm gonna try brining it. Yeah, I think I'm definitely. I'm definitely gonna tenderize. I'm definitely gonna beat the crap out of some <laughs> yeah, chicken breast absolutely. this week. It's just, it's, Me I too. Can't I've wait, had I can't a few wait weeks. to do it. What, what if you don't have a tenderize? What if you don't have like a mallet? Just use like a soup can. You could right? use. Um, you can put like serin up and use the back of a wooden spoon or something. Or, yeah, I mean, there's. You could be innovative, right? Right. Yeah. A, a very wise chef once said, "If the recipe calls for a fork and you don't have a fork." Use a spoon and convince me that it's a fork. It's kind of like go. just be innovative. I would, I would just go get one of the kids' toy hammers probably. Exactly. <laughs> kids, you can't use this hammer anymore. This is my chicken tenderizer. And if you want even more ways to spice up your chicken, be sure to check out eatthis.com, our website. Our team has compiled a ton of easy, fast, tasty chicken recipes that are pretty foolproof, even for you, John. I hope so. <laughs> and, and and if you're not doing that, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you, if you don't already. Uh, that way you can keep getting a steady stream of food tips and tricks from myself and Megan. And, and also follow along the Eat This Not That team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You know, they, they also share some of those recipes on Instagram a yeah, lot, which is, which is great. And usually they link right out. So 
if you're in, if you're in need of a, of a hot chicken recipe, that's a good place to start. Until next time, I'm John Hammond. And I'm Megan Murphy. Please feel free to follow me as well at This Girl Can Eat. And don't forget to send us what you're thinking or want to hear more about with an email to podcast at eatthis.com so we can make sure that we can help you eat this, not that. <laughs>